I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Okay, so what's it going to be? Uh, <laughs> what? No, go ahead. What's it going to be? Were you Italian? Yeah. What's it's it? Go- what's it going to be? So what's it going to be tonight? I feel uh, like that's racist, perhaps. I what's don't know. it today? Today we are talking to Ben Franklin. The Ben Franklin. Well, the Ben Franklin. The from, fourth. The fourth from Shenandoah University. Um, the star of Pippin. The star of Pippin. The much talked about production of Pippin at Shenandoah uh, University that Marsha Milgram Dodge is going to have to direct on encores on Disney+. Plus. It's just going to have to happen at this point. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking to Ben Franklin today. Um, we can't wait. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. How are you, Ben? I'm very well. How are you, Steve? Good. You, I, do you prefer I'm, Steve or Steven these days? Oh, I don't care. As long as I'm not okay. late for dinner, right? All right, great. I'm sitting here with Matt Connor. And- hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 Matt Connor. Long time no here. And Ryan Dean <laughs> Halbrook. What's up, Ben? Hi, Ryan. I was so surprised and, and wonderfully happy to know that you were going to be here tonight. Oh, great. Yes. Wonderful to hear your voice. Ryan is our non-physical thruple. Love it. Love it. <laughs> where, um, where are you, Ben? I am in currently in Woodside, Queens, New York. You are? Yes. I have been in Queens for, oh my God, almost eight years now, which is crazy. I thought I was never going to live in Queens, but I live in Queens, but I love it. So if I'm looking at the map for everyone who's listening, is Queens, Manhattan, uh, East? It's like just kind of North of Manhattan. Yeah. And And it was, it was named after Latifah. uh, Well, um, one could hope. (laughs) (laughs) well look i'm not gonna be around the bush you seem to have tapped into something uh really fantastic with your physical performance in what you do and i don't even want to describe it to anybody i want to i want to hear it from you a where did this come from in in training (laughs) or did you just you know show up how did this uh new um creation come out of you what was the journey of that well um that is an excellent question um and it <laughs> that's why i'm here this is very professional it, <laughs> it definitely starts uh with my husband joshua uh he and i met back in oh 2000 i don't remember anymore um we were doing cats and i was one day late to rehearsal. I had done the show before with this director and I walked in and the first thing I saw was him do this beautiful tumbling pass layout. And he was wearing gold football pants and like a little like tank top. And I was like, huh. And that's the first time I- That was your introduction. Uh Uh-huh. Well, seeing him do that, that started a partnership where 
as we were moving along in music theater careers in different paths, he found circus because he was hired to do something. And um, he, he, was, he was hired to do a circus act. He found out he was really good at that. He was looking for a new direction. He started that and we were apart a lot. So he said, will you come and work with me so we can stay together? So we did. It grew into a partnership where we started, he started teaching me aerial circus arts and some ground circus arts. And that just led us in a path to where now we actually have an aerial circus school in New York City. And how many people are usually in your productions? Just you and Josh? Well, it depends. So, so he and I, we work as a duo because, uh, when we started doing circus in New York, it's kind of very much mixed in with uh, the nightlife scene, which involves burlesque and variety acts, old school vaudeville, but done in a new school way. And when we started performing, we just kind of got more and more into the, the environment and the people and the, the freedom that it brought. And so we started creating individual acts. So we performed those around. But then also on top of that, we've managed to take those skills that we've acquired to form our own production company, which uh, specializes in putting uh, circus into plays, musicals, operas. And we've created some originals of our own and somehow took all the things that we trained all of our lives for and made something kind of beautiful together. Well, you know, I know two people who actually write and create music for stuff um, and are obsessed don't with say. and are obsessed with the circus. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. Uh, I, I, that puts uh, my mind spinning because I'm <laughs> currently working on something. So, there so, you go. When, so when Stephen and I got married, we yeah. had a we had a circus themed kind of wedding. Oh, it nice. was uh, the colors black, white, red, gold, and um, Stephen always said that he felt like a relationship is just as thrilling and as scary and as dangerous and as fun as sort of going into. Am I saying that right, Steve? Continue. We'll see. <laughs> oh gosh now we're going into the uh the house of horrors <laughs> um but you know watching uh circus is just so thrilling and exciting and sexy and dangerous and you know all of those elements that i think you know entertainment is just so i guess they have tried to do this i've never seen uh barnum or carnival or the shows uh -huh. that you know they add that but um but now you guys are taking this to another level and, and sort of doing a hybrid of your work in other shows and whatnot. Yes. Um, and we, we approach every show different uh, according to like what the needs are of it. So we, one of our first shows that we did was a production of the little mermaid, the Disney production. And uh, we came up with uh, Cirque du Soleil, moment circulate so lay style i say that because that's the, the the description that everybody knows um to tell the story rather than having people in harnesses and just being lifted up peter pan style um it, it it's beautiful it's effective it's a wonderful thing but we wanted to do our own spin and so 
Now we've done it three times now and it's kind of adapted it accordingly to that. But then other times the, the circus is like front and center of the story where, where it's necessary to telling the story. And, and that was like when we did our production of Godspell, it was set in a circus in, of the period in the six, uh, the late sixties when circuses were dying. And we just found that the way the score worked with it, we could really bring these wonderful characters to life and not, not just have them, who are these people? We kind of wrote an entire new play on top of the, the script as it was. So we, we, we play around according to what's necessary. If that makes any sense. Totally. And I think when you write your book, it should be called uh, my spin. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is my spin on my life. That, that, well, that, that's not uh, an incorrect description, actually. So during the know? pandemic, what did you guys do to keep your wonderful uh, shapely bodies? In, <laughs> what did you do? Because me and Stephen basically just ate waffles. Well, um, we definitely did a lot of that. Uh, did our fair share of drinking once we found out Drizzly. So I'll just let you know that where we were when the shutdown happened, we were in Europe and Josh was actually doing like a kind of like grand burlesque tour where he was going to be playing this like amazing uh, theaters in Switzerland and Berlin. And I was like so happy for him. And we were having our little bit of a, our honeymoon vacation in Paris that we'd never had. And my first night there is when Trump shut the borders and everyone started freaking out. Well, we came back and we're immediately in quarantine. So we started with a 14 day art quarantine. We had to create and film a new performance act as our duo that we perform as every day for 14 days. Oh my and gosh. That, that kept us busy. We just posted them on Instagram and uh, people started writing in. They were like, we're sharing this with our families. This, this is just making me so happy. And where we live in Queens, uh, Elmhurst Hospital, which was like ground zero for COVID, is our hospital. So it was a constant sound outside of sirens and helicopters day in and day out. And so we, our friend had set us up with this beautiful pantry. And so we were here and we did that. Then we looked at each, each other one day and we were like, should we go stay with your parents in Florida? And we grabbed our cats, rented a van and drove straight with no stops to Florida where we spent three months uh, kind of looking out at the water. They live on the springs where the manatees go by. It's their little summer place. And it was magical and wonderful. And then I couldn't take the Trump boat parade every day. And I, we looked at each other and said, let's go home. And we came home <laughs> and... That's we a good name for uh, Florida. What? The Trump Boat, the Trump boat Parade. parade. Maybe they just oh, oh you, you have Florida no idea. That? Literally every day, nonstop flags in your face every day saying, fuck your feelings. It was hard for a liberal like us. Um, but uh, we got back home. We continued to stay here. And the whole time we were offering online classes for our circus school where our teachers would teach Pilates mat classes, they were doing different body conditioning things to keep up people's aerial stamina because it goes so fast and people work so hard. And so my job as the office manager for our school is to let everybody in. And so I did that every day for a year and a half and until we were able to open up again in May. 
And just as we opened up, the city opened up. And because we are independent performers, we're not tied to a company or anything. Life for performance came back and people were hungry for it. And we went like right back to work all the time. So here we are now living life, trying to figure out the world every single day and trying to make people laugh and smile and think of something else other than the craziness of the world, you know? Well, well Ben, if I want to go to your school and I'm listening to this, do mm-hmm. you, is there an age uh, bracket? So we, we primarily cater to adults. Um, we offer classes from like 1045 in the morning until 930 at night um, during the weekday and then the weekends, 1130 to 530 uh, for both Saturday and Sunday. And then we have a kids program on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays where the kids are in 12 week semesters where they come back every week for 12 weeks and keep working on the skills that they're learning. And the skills involve like silk work, mm-hmm. uh, silk work, uh, static trapeze, rope, straps. We teach contortion classes, stretch and flexibility. We have Pilates reformer program and hammock and Lyra, the hoop. Those are primarily the things. Wow. That's a lot. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's a lot. But, you know, you assemble people over the years and we've been lucky enough to assemble a a wonderful group of people who really know what they're doing and really know how to teach it well to people who are just starting out, to people who are wanting to go professional. So, Ben, you were saying that um, in the pre-call that uh, you had lost. Oh, there's a pre-call? Oh, there was a pre-call. Yeah. Um, We checked the sound and then the sound didn't work. And then it did. So there you go. Faith. Um, there was a sound check. Is- yes, he knows there was a sound check. I'm then. just kidding. Um, there, there was a. You lost us. You had a space. You lost it. And now you're in a new space. Is that correct? Yes. So, our school kind of happened by accident. Uh, Joshua was teaching at the Trapeze School, New York, which is the school that you would know from Sex in the City when you see them flying on the West Side Highway. Oh yeah. Uh, He taught there for a number of years uh, outside in the hot sun where the wind is blowing silks like sails. And then they got a space just as they were building the High Line Park right beside where one of the first parts of the High Line was going to open up. And they put a tent up there for a couple of years. And so there was a full flying rig in there. And then Joshua and two other people started to do the the, what we call the the static aerial part, not flying. And they built up like a really wonderful thing. And we would rehearse there and create shows there and put on showcases and they would teach people. And then they knew it had to close. So they moved to a different place and they decided not to do it all of a sudden. So they just jumped right on in and said, well, if they're not going to take it, we're all out of a job. So let's open a school. And all the students followed and we were there for eight years. The pandemic happened and... We tried to negotiate the takeover because we were a subtenant the whole time. We were very lucky in the fact that we were a subtenant because we didn't have to pay rent, which was a giant savior for us. And when the co-op that we were in finally decided, nope, we're not going to work with you, we went looking. And we now have a space on 30th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue 
right around the corner from Madison Square Garden, which is really freaking crazy to me. Uh, it's also kind of insane right now because there's a lot of people hurting in this world and the neighborhood's a little nuts right now, but we have a beautiful space there and we're going to be there for the next 10 years. Wow. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, of all the places that are losing spaces, I mean, to find one during all this is, is amazing. Well, I will say that the, the man who is in charge of, the the rental of everything and showing us the space he works above us in the same building and he walks up and says no one got the deal you got no one will ever get it we literally just happened to be in that two-month window in the middle of the summer that everything had gone so terribly with the old space that we were forced to and everyone was there i mean the city was a ghost town we were walking around seeing places and there was no people in new york city it was fascinating and horrifying. And, and in a matter of us opening up, the whole city woke up in two weeks. Also amazing to watch. Yeah, I can imagine. Did it feel post-apocalyptic with like the streets empty? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, you, have you ever walked through Times Square where there's nobody there? <laughs> Never. Early morning. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, you are from the great state of Virginia. I am. What was, take us back to little Ben. <laughs> we, what, what got you, what got you the bug to do um, performing? Were you always uh, a performer? Did you, something that you, you know, it's your family musical. What's, what was your journey um, as a kid? I would definitely say church was the primary thing in our family. Uh, everyone in my father's side sang. They had like church uh, quartets and everything. They would sing all the hymns. Uh, all I ever wanted to do was perform. I, it was just born. It was obnoxious, I'm sure. I was always putting on shows. And I was lucky to have a family that nurtured it. I'm from the second smallest county in Virginia. There's one high school, one middle school two elementary schools for the whole county. And uh, I managed to have wonderful teachers who inspired me and mentored me. And some of it went crazy along the, the way, but some of it was absolutely wonderful. And then I started looking in my church library at all of the colleges because I wanted to go. I wanted to go to school for musical theater so bad, but I was from the country. There wasn't the internet then. I had no idea about Carnegie Mellon or Cincinnati or any of the Michigan, all of that stuff. And I went to the church library and they had Shenandoah's pamphlet. And I started going through and I was like, I can major in musical theater and take this many credits and do this and that and that and that, I'm in. And I was a freshman in high school. And I just had my eye on it. And I had looked at one other school. I got into both. And I just, I came to see uh, The World Goes Round at Shenandoah. And I saw Kathy Voitko and Arlene Coolis and Meredith Long and Joe Anderson and just the most incredible cast do one of the most exciting things I'd ever seen in a review show. And I was like, I have to go there. Yeah, but I did. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and did you? Well, of course. You know, um, we all met at Shenandoah. Yes. Um, did you find Shenandoah's experience now that you are out and working? Did would there be anything that you would change or, or want 
different from the curriculum? Um, well, that's a great question. Uh, I found Shenandoah incredibly rewarding and it gave me the tools that I needed to, to succeed with the drive I put behind it and the luck that I had. So um, it was great overall. I wish we had danced a whole lot more. Um, I wish that, but, but not every, that's not everyone's path. So I guess I wish there was more opportunity for you to explore the things that are gonna really make you work. Uh, I would say I had taken that from, from there. Uh, I do feel like it gave me what I needed, especially musically. Like that was a really good setup. I mean, Arl skills was a fucking bitch, but excuse me. I might, I cussed on your podcast. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, great. Uh, fuck yeah. Uh, and he was, he was a tyrant of a teacher, but Boy, it, it got me a lot of jobs in the end, so I'm grateful to that. You know, you know. funny enough, I was just teaching a, a piano student today at 4 o'clock, and I said to her, I said, you know this one section in the music, like measure 16 through 20? I was like, you know what? I had a teacher one time. Her name was Karen Keating, and she would say, you just got to know it. And I said, Halcyon, you just got to know it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, uh. You know, I feel like... I feel like I went to school to open a restaurant and I learned how to be an amazing cook to make some really cool meals, but I wasn't really taught how to fix any of the dining room tables or to be, or, or to know how to make the bar drinks, but I could make some really amazing restaurant food, but the rest of the business, I kind of didn't know anything about. Oh yeah, sure. Like, like, did we know anything about like how to actually go out and get a job? No, no. No, there was absolutely no. We we had one day where we did resumes. I remember right? that. Yeah. yeah. The fu the funny thing is, is my friend Adam Cates, who is one of my best musical theater friends, and he's the choreographer for Little Mermaid when we do the show. Um, he actually wrote the book, The Business of Show, because he he's like it just isn't taught enough, and now it's like in a freaking textbook in so many of the programs now. Yeah. Like, what we, yeah. What do you think that was? Do you think it was because they were just so like institutionalized in Winchester, you know, like that they just didn't have a grasp on what the, what the. I sometimes was? felt like I was institutionalized when I was at Shenandoah. But... Oh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, Ryan, I think we all did. I, the, the person I was then, like, I don't even recognize him now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for the experience, but like the, I, when you asked me like about the program, I actually went more to like, I needed to go through college just to be able to start to find me. So that's what I took from school the most. And I didn't realize how like, as happy as I was doing all of the wonderful things, I was also kind of really, really sad inside too. Well, you know, one time Ryan asked me in the backyard, um, he said, Matt, why do you think you went to school to mm -hmm. Shenandoah? Do you remember this, Ryan? I do. And I, I immediately answered without a hesitation, I went to get out. Mm -hmm. And I remember mm -hmm. that the school was, was sort of secondary to me because I knew I did not belong 
where I was and I wanted to, mm-hmm. do, I wanted to do this clearly as a career, but I knew that what I wanted more was to go out and find my village. Yes, correct. Correct. And so and for- I think a lot of things that happened to me in college was not necessarily college based or thought out in a college way because I was really just trying to find another zip code. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, college was always a means to an end. Yeah. It was, there, was, there was a path on the other side. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was yet. You didn't know what it was yet, but like there was a path that had to be taken. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I also think that now that the uh, tech stuff has opened up so, I mean, we, we, now we can, I can go on my phone right now and watch all of your stuff. I can find out the Michigan stuff. I can find out the um, Cincinnati stuff. Now everyone is so connected yeah. That it almost makes those dark days feel like so disconnected because you're like, did I have to put a quarter in the phone to use it? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I got my first cell phone after, well, after the last time I saw you all. <laughs> you know, so like the, the, the craziness of not having any of the information and actually just having to sit there and live and no, no escape from any of it. It's very formative it's very uh, I'm kind of glad we were the last generation I'm happy to have been a part of that but because we were like we we didn't have a computer in college well we did have the computer lab yes correct I went there once (laughs) um yeah we actually processor I think is what I have yeah Yeah. we actually Uh, spent time with each other mm -hmm. um and and uh, we're present. Yes, um, it's it's so weird to think we got uh, we got to be com- uncomfortable at parties because we didn't have a phone to pull out and like look at it like I'm somebody. Yeah, right. I I, I have a I have a scrapbook in my closet right in here, and it's got all y'all in it, and they're <laughs> just beautiful snapshots of that time. I oh yeah, I I Joshua. Joshua said, no more of this box of photos. You're doing it. And he made me sit down. He's a very good taskmaster. Though. Joshua, burn it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Text me later and show me that it's in the flames. <laughs> um, you, you know, we were taught, of course, uh, I don't know what this is called, but you know, you're taught when you can't stop, when you can't act anymore, you start to dance, uh, you start to Wait. sing. <laughs> Sorry, you start to sing. When you can't sing anymore, you then your emotions tell you to dance. And it feels like maybe, Ben, you have actually layered on the next topping. <laughs> which is? <laughs> which, is cir- which is circus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you can't sing, you cirque. Yeah, why not, right? It, 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 kind, I mean, of, it, it kind of really is that emotionally because you've, you're creating one extra sort of uh, emotional, em- emotional window of how to tell a story that's bigger than dance, acting, singing. Yeah, it has it has a risk to it. And, uh, it has, I mean, it. when Josh and I worked together, I mean, it's a true partnership. I'm holding him by his foot. He's popping to my hands from that. We used to do that, and it's never happening again, back at Webster Hall, like on New Year's Eve or Halloween. And we, I'm like holding him 30 feet in the air by his foot. Who the hell did I think I was? Absolutely (laughs) never again. But boy, it was, I mean, you know me, I'm terrified of heights. And I 
joined the circus. Right. <laughs> but it's but, it's good because it it's given me an opportunity to take all those things that we spend our whole lifetime working for and try to add an extra layer to it. I also feel like part of Shenandoah, because it did not hold your hand and say that you were pretty and it did not hold your hand and say you were talented, that right. it, it, it did give us all a little bit of grit to say, you know, fuck you, I'm going to do this. Oh, absolutely. And, <clears throat> and I think the best asset I had when I got to New York and I did the musical theater thing for over 10 years, uh, was I didn't care when I got slapped in the face. Oh, great, fine, that's another one. I'm going to the next one. Because yeah. that's the way Shenandoah was. You I'm got still it, sorry you I didn't slapped get you in it. The face, ben. Say again? I'm so sorry I slapped you in the face, Ben. What? I love it. <laughs> you did not slap Ben in no, the face. No, never. Um, let's see, we were together in um, Pippin. Yes. And Are you gonna bring it up? Yeah, let's bring it up oh, one God. more time because it's now, it's, it's been a hundred years ago in yes. every podcast this story comes out. That's because Ryan, really? can't, Ryan can't let it go that he got Lewis and I did not get Lewis. And then I had to become the leading player in the ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the shadow Daniel leading Ferretti. player. Me the and Daniel Ferretti, we got extra time in the orgy scene to make us feel better. You did actually. You were definitely featured orgy. We were featured orgy, and that has gotten me basically nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I so um, what 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 about um the Pippin? Other than the fact that the Lewis thing didn't happen, the fact that I was completely over my head and I was on um that acne medication that like had the pregnant woman with a line through her that I could only eat peanut butter and eggs. And I was like, had bronchitis, was sick as a dog. And then we permed my hair and it took a year to cut it out. Oh, and like, it was I like the most miserable time of my entire life. Oh my God, Ben, I did, was I was not bringing that up to make you go through therapy. <laughs> no, it's, it's the best thing because I learned so much from it. It's well, so funny. I listen to Pippin now and go, oh yeah, I would have done that. Uh, never would have done that. <laughs> it's, all I remember, a, all I remember from that exciting production, uh, outside of lots of stuff that we could laugh at, was I loved being in the room with Mary Robert Bear working uh, on the numbers. Uh, working with her, like having her as a teacher was a dream, an absolute dream, and I learned so much. And she she set me on a path that led me to another chorus line lady who changed my life. So. That's something about those ladies who maybe Michael uh, was a terrible, terrible person, Michael Bennett, who beat actors to death. But gosh, he made some incredible artists and those artists passed it on to us. So I'm grateful. Yeah. No, the, there was nothing else, uh, Ben. It was just the fact that Ryan got Lewis and Matt doesn't, that he brings up in almost every one oh, of these shows. It, it was a thing. It was a thing. I mean, what the hell? All of us competing for all of the roles were living in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> I walked, I went to that audition wearing nothing but a pair of tights, topless, <laughs> and I should have gotten that, that part whether I sounded like I could sing it or not. There was no I, <laughs> That's hey, right, Lucy didn't sing. 
That is the most Lewis response. So Ryan, I'm gonna have to hear your your reply. Oh me, I should have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything happens for a reason. I yeah, truly hands down. Me. But that's when I met you for the first time when you were shirtless yes. and in those tights. And there that's you go. Right. See, well, it's something about it when the boys are wearing something little sparkly. There's a zing sometimes, and it well, just makes it fake. Ryan and I have gotten so close that we actually um, auditioned together <laughs> for Naked Boys singing the DC premiere about 10 years ago. Did you really? And Did we were both show? dancing beside each other. And Ryan looks at me and says, you're naked. <laughs> awesome. That's how, that's how close we become. That was probably the most that. uncomfortable I've ever been. Being in that stand. In that room. It was, it was a room of, of, what, 40 men just butt-ass naked. Right, well, but, but we knew that we could not audition for Joshua and Ben's circus troupe unless we got this gig. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go through the, we had to go through the rungs on the ladder. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so Ben, do you and Joshua at all have time to step out into what we would call now a musical theater world and do a show? Or is everything now just completely your your own created world? Well, it's it's very interesting. Uh Joshua keeps saying, he goes, When are you gonna go back to auditioning again? And I'm like, um, not planning on it right now. And not unless there's something that like pops up that I like knows me. But it's true. I, I, I've waited my entire life to be this age, to, to be who I am and to look how I look, because that's where the gold I've been wanting to play my entire life is. You know, I, I have is like the late bloomer. I looked like I was 14 when I was 20, 20. And I just had like, yeah, maybe it'll happen. But in the meantime, I'm focusing on the school focusing on this thing. And uh, of course, when you start doing that, you get a call. And so we might have a production uh, for the holiday season. We're just waiting for the green light to happen. We think we've figured it out how to make it all work together. So we'll see, fingers crossed. Um, what, are you waiting for a question, Stevie? Go ahead. Well, I wanna know what, what, what happened in Europe? I mean, what did you, where did you go? What did you see? I mean, yeah. I've only been to Paris once, but when I was there for four days, I felt like I was at home. It, it was um, crazy because my first night there, the world changed really quickly. There was panic. There was everything. We were like, you know, we're going to do it. But we were supposed to spend, after Paris, five days in Venice. Remember and you did it. Was ground, was ground zero. So we changed those plans and decided we were going to go to Prague. Prague was still open. Czech Republic was great. That, that sounded wonderful. So we were supposed to, we were in Paris. And we stayed. We rode the tube. We didn't know anything about masks. We went through the catacombs. We <laughs> went to see the crazy horse and had a lovely time. Got on the train, terrified of everyone sitting around and went to Amsterdam. We had uh, Airbnbs in both. Uh, so we were staying in Montmartre, which was incredible. Um, but then there's also like this buzz of COVID in the air. So you're like, haha, this is so fun. I think, but it, it was. And then we went to Amsterdam, stayed there for three days. And Where then... did you stay in Amsterdam? 
we had an Airbnb. I'm trying to think exactly where. <laughs> it, it was between Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Was it like yeah, the- so, somewhere. One Central of those dams. station or? Uh, it was a little further from the station and we could take, uh, we could like walk 10, 15 minutes and be like right into downtown, like red light district area. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been yeah. there a million times. I just was wondering. It's a special, special place. I loved it. And we kind of had it to ourselves, which was crazy. I can't like imagine. The, the, the streets were not very crowded. We walked in and we were like, oh, what's this place? Oh my God, the entire bar is a circus bar. Literally. The floor to ceiling decorated in posters, pictures, memorabilia. And then they had an upstairs performing place where circus artists usually would be in. And we were like, it's just him and I having a beer with the bartender going, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And then everybody flew home. You remember the day everyone got stuck in the lines at the airports for 16 hours and caught COVID? We decided not to. So we stayed an extra night and we walked around Amsterdam and everyone there was like, you're the last Americans. And we're like, we are. And then we got on the last plane out and then went straight into quarantine. Wow, that's amazing. It was crazy. It was crazy and risky. We were actually supposed to stop over at the West End for 14 hours and we were going to go catch a musical because they were still open. <laughs> and then we chose, but then we panicked and then we got on this very last flight. So you went from Amsterdam from uh, Schiphol straight, Airport straight to JFK. To JFK. And we were we were the only plane. Like wow. We were the only ones. We went to baggage claim. There was no one else, just us. Oh my god. So like Yeah, we had this amazing steward. He's like you have to be in quarantine for 14 days. We're like, yeah. He gave us an entire case of beer. We were loaded up when we walked out. What? Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So basically, like, as you guys are, like, flying around the world, like, literally all of the mm-hmm. virus molecules and little itty-bitty parts are just, like, literally slowly encompassing the entire globe. Correct. And like a movie, you're trying to, like, run away Correct. from it. Out maneuver, maneuver it, still get a little bit out. Because I'm, I didn't say that we, like, I spent six hours a day on the phone trying to change tickets. Because... Czech Republic closed the doors on us too. So I'm trying to get refunds and everything. And I would literally wait on the phone for three hours at a time. Just as they get through, they disconnect you. It was in. It, Is this, it were you was, doing this like in Amsterdam on the phone? Yep. In our Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just wondering if you, at least you can like look it out into a canal. Oh yeah. Be on the oh, phone. Right. I mean, it, it was beautiful. We, we were on vacation. We weren't working. Like we were in Europe. What? I had no complaints other than I, I didn't have complaints even as the world was shutting down around us. Nobody knew what it was going to be still. Wow. That's amazing. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine being the only person in the airport. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was really, really crazy. I, remember, I, I was just going to say, I remember that very. And I remember. Yes. Oh, uh, take her back. Um, I remember the like week before the shutdown mm-hmm. um, where it was in the United States, but it was like in California and maybe New York. And, and I was like, if it's there, it's here. Let's be honest, you know? Um, and I remember seeing people like the bus would go by and people in the bus would be wearing masks. And I'd be like, Oh my God, people are wearing masks in that bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just like not able to process it. And then 
getting closer to the shutdown, they were like, oh, yeah, we're probably the schools are probably going to close. And I was like, what do you mean the schools are going to close? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, not- we got to miss that because yeah. we were vacationing, acting like fools. And so yeah. somehow we got to miss that panic, which it's, I can't imagine what that was like for everybody. Well, it was it was one of those things where Maddie and I would like go to the gym and say, you know, we should probably do an Aldi run and like stock up on some stuff. Uh And so like every time we would go to the gym, almost we would like try to make sure we had things because we saw it kind of coming down. And then like the, the basement looked like, you know, a survival. uh, It looked like gray gardens in the second act. Yeah. (laughs) And and (laughs) it was just uh, an insane time to kind of even, to to imagine that we're coming up on this anniversary in March yeah of 2 years <laughs> where did it go oh my god the lost 2 years of our lives but you know what so many good things have come out of it mhm and i think it was a reset in so many different ways culturally um racially uh there yep. was music man <laughs> She's back again. Music man with Kathy Voiko. Yeah, yeah. She went Kathy viral. Voico a... is now more famous than Sutton Foster. Rock on, girl. She went viral in a different kind of way. Yeah, in all because she went on. All because she went on. And let me tell you, that's your job. Uh, <laughs> no, you're. <laughs> you tell her. But you know what? I want to ask her. Didn't she? She's probably done this show. She probably already knew everything. I would. I would assume. I mean, the she's perfect for the role. That's it. Hands down. Oh, I never like, thought of that. She probably has done that show oh, yeah, she, I mean, outside of the choreography and blocking, which, you know, yeah. I think was the same as our Pippin. <laughs> 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 which, <laughs> um, so Ben, Ben, funny story. I got like sort of this nomination award. Not really. It was just like, hey, you're, you're going to represent D. <laughs> what? You're going to rep. You're going to represent DC as like the composer from DC, and we're like, nice. we're honoring all these people to do represent their thing. And this was like, I don't know, this was a long time ago. But they wanted they wanted to basically use all um, New York people to sing my music. Uh huh. And I was like, oh no, I'm not having it. I'm Dawn Davenport, and. <laughs> And I'm going to bring my DC talent because I'm tired of DC talent feeling like they're not as good as New York. There's a lot of talented people in DC. So then they talked me down and said, well, could we at least have one performer from like New York do a song of yours? And I was like, ugh, I guess. (laughs) Um, We arrive in New York City. Guess who is singing my song? (laughs) But Kathy Boyko. Perfect. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh, God. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit, not too much because it was well, weird. But anyways, what was it weird? No, it was, she, I don't think she knew anything about that story. Oh, really? Yeah, but I've been felt kind of stupid for acting <laughs> like nobody can sing Connor. <laughs> um, you know, like, what was I even thinking? And then they were like, oh, it's Kathy Voiko. I'm like, oh, OK, I, I, I know Kathy. He's pretty good. Yeah, she can handle it. She can handle it. It's um, funny. So let's talk about the next five years, okay. not the musical. But well, that could be a Cirque show. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, well, no, 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 that's the last five years. That's correct. Yeah, let's talk about the next five years. 
what do you uh -huh. got, what do you what do you guys have in the works or, or is it too soon to talk about that because we're still kind of in baby masks well no um it's possibly an, another musical collaboration with a theater um more than anything there will be life continuing at the school we have a wonderful uh student base who like coming to us so it's a lovely place to be uh working on our own independent stuff hosting our shows and uh we joshua and i are working on a play together so, oh that's great so there's a there's a lot i'm i'm in major research time right now and it kind of goes along with what we do in this world so there and you what, go can, are you at liberty to say kind of generally what the play's theme is um, it's it's a an autobiographical piece, but done in a really high theatrical style of uh, James Bailey, of Barnum oh. Bailey, the man you know nothing about because no one knows anything about him, but he's absolutely fascinating. Benjamin, stop right there. Do you know where me and Stephen live? In Washington D.C. So we live about four miles from the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. And if you, we get on King Street and head towards Shendo University, even though it's an hour and a half away, mm -hmm. in about a half a mile, we enter an area called Bailey's Crossroad. Oh. Mm -hmm. And on this little sign at Bailey's Crossroads is a little elephant doing some sort of cute trick. Oh. And all these freaks around here have no idea, but Bailey's Circus <clears throat> in the wintertime mm -hmm. came here to... Arlington. Yep. And I think maybe you already know this. All of his, uh, all of the little people. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. All the yeah. little people were housed in this like crazy village in Vienna, Virginia. Ah, okay. And I forget what it's called. You can find it on the internet because someone told us to write a show about it. I was fascinated. But <laughs> It was it was sort of terrorized a little bit because people would drive by the little village trying to, you know, get a glance or like take pictures or whatever. And they became kind of, you know, aggravated because they just wanted to live their life and it became kind of like its own horror show. Oh, um, but I'm always I always love to tell everybody like, oh, we live near Bailey's Crossroads, which is where the circus came in the wintertime. I from love it. Mr. Bailey. Oh, uh, yes. He, I, he, he is something else. It, it, it's fascinating, though. He's always and Bailey. And that's the name of our show. Oh, that's so cool. Amber Sanders. Yeah, so, say what? And Amber Sanders spelled out. Uh, Amber Sand, because that's the way it's listed on the posters. Cool, cool, cool. Well, yes. I, I'm going to, I never do this. This has never happened in our podcast. That's been running um, for 24 days <laughs> i don't believe you but i'm gonna have steven send you a little bit of information about a show that we are working on that we uh have been throwing out there um we at one point we're fundraising but it's a long story but because of covid um it hasn't um breathed its first breath yet but sure it's waiting it is about jack the ripper oh and the show takes place in a Whitechapel music hall being told in a very theatrical Pippin circus uh, yeah. kind of way. Yeah, totally. And w as soon as you came into Stephen's phone tonight, I just immediately got this really weird charge of like, wait, 
Not that this would be, I don't know what this would be, but I think it'd be interesting to at least throw this out there to both of us to just see if there is something that would stick on the wall with this idea. Because clearly me and Stevie have got some producing um, background in this this side of town. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll call this Queen South. Queen South, love it, love it. We love in it. Queen South. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, so I'll have I'll Stevie throw you a few things. We did a couple of workshops of it, um, and it's an interesting um, it's an interesting thing. Uh, well, I mean, more than anything, I just want to hear what you guys do. Like I, you, I just think back to you sitting there in the bar, and just like plucking things out on that Casio keyboard. Lord have mercy! Look how far you've come. Bilks to Dieski. Bilks to Dieski. You and Beth Wentz will not let me live that down. And if someone brings it up at my funeral, I swear to God. Okay, you have to explain it now that it's been brought up. I was working on a musical called Bilks to Dieski. <laughs> I, dude, I remember that title. I don't know if I remember that. It you, I know you're you're gonna. It's gonna come back with your therapist. <laughs> um, but. I, it was me and Eric Paris uh-huh. basically working on something that was Jewish. Okay. And I think Bill Tadayski may have been. It was a town. Or a something. town or something. And, you know, I mean, talk about bad ideas. But I had, I had like two songs written that were kind of like yeah. outlines. What about yeah. the song title? The song Bilks Tadayski? No, it was, <laughs> it was To Die. In Bilks to Dieski. Oh, it was to die in Bilks to Dieski. Hey, everyone you know starts somewhere. Yeah, everyone you know what? I starts somewhere. We could definitely talk about that. Hairspray turned out to be a huge worldwide success. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch that movie, I'm not sure that you would predict that. Uh, it's true. Oh, it's true. Well, well, my my husband will disagree. I mean, see, I love that show. I actually got to do that show and play Brad at age 30. Thank you very much, alongside a bunch of 22-year-olds. Um, that was one of the, the last big like dancing shows before the circus really came calling. But my husband is like, no, that musical is wrong. They get it completely wrong. The movie is the only way. Isn't that crazy? Big John Waters fan? Oh, he's a huge John Waters fan. He also is like, they don't flat iron her hair, her hair at the end of the musical. They don't get the whole point of the show. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. Joshua, when you listen to this, and if you're listening now, <laughs> hear me out. Um, Steven's a huge John Waters fan. I have every film I, I am sort of not, but that doesn't mean I'm an, an unfan. I just, you know, I was raised a Christian and just prefer the King James Bible. <laughs> but um, uh, one of John Waters' fa- uh, favorite books is called I Am Not Ashamed by Barbara Payton. Joshua, mm-hmm. have you heard of this book? He can't answer you. He's not there. He's not there? Okay. No, he's well, not. He's off doing a show right now. Okay, when he listens to this, I've read this book that John Waters loves called I Am Not Ashamed, Barbara Payton. It's a true story written from a Hollywood star who basically ended up being a prostitute by the end of her life. And it is literally sounds like it is being written by Divine. Oh, whoa. That's I mean, great. it's that dramatic and that outrageous that you're like, oh my God. Like, I literally would like recap uh, chapters to Steve and say, oh, you're not going to believe what happened in this chapter. So, anyways, <laughs> if you're a John Waters fan, you got to read this book. Well, even knowing that it's one of his favorite books and he discovered it, you know, 
a long time ago. I, it, you cannot help but hear the way he started to write dialogue and that it kind of, mm-hmm. she was his, his mental muse whenever. A true muse, yeah. I mean, there's this, not to make this the Barbara Payton uh, podcast, but there's a time where she's very promiscuous, as you would imagine. And she was in the middle of a hurricane and it like turned her on and she ran outside and took her clothes off and started yelling, kill, kill, destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband really didn't uh, appreciate that. And that, that was the end of that marriage. But she just got turned on by the hurricane. I get it. <laughs> exactly. You just have to like give into the grand emotion of it all. Right. And Absolutely. the grotesqueness of it. Well, Ben, it's so great to hear your voice. I'm so glad you're doing so well. We've had, of course, like you, we've had so many friends have so many different stories about what's just happened in the last couple of years. I can't wait to hear what everyone's perspective has been. And uh, I just want to thank you all for reaching out. And um, it's lovely chatting with you. I hope this leads to further conversations just in life in general. And uh, I'm just super thrilled for everything you guys have been accomplishing and bravo. Way to oh, represent. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. We love you. Uh, we, I will be, uh, I guess, sending you stuff soon. So great. Now, I, I look he, he's not going to be sending you a press packet. No. I mean, I'm not worried. Yeah. He's just yeah. going to say, well, this was our idea with great. Natasha I've... Diaz. Google her. Um, the, Oh, I I know Natasha Diaz. Well, this was written for her, and she was awesome. in the re- she was in the reading, so it was kind of she's been in the backyard, you know, sort of um, a little bit of a ghost. Um, she's a dear friend of ours, and and I so we that. we kind of were working this for to be a, a vehicle for her. But anyway, that's another. It's what story. it's all about? It's all about working with the people that make you happy, right? Absolutely. That's it. All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't let you go yet. Where can people follow you? Um, Well, if you want to see like weird circus burlesque things, you can find me on Instagram at I am Ben Franklin because that's my real name. And um, my website's IamBenFranklin.com. And if you want to learn more about our company of the things that we made, it's TouringCircus.com. Awesome. And it's Ben Franklin the fourth, right? I'm Benjamin Franklin the fourth. That's and awesome. A story for another day. Um, because of that name, I paid off my college loans thanks to Meredith Vieira. What? What? We'll save it for the next time. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Meredith. God bless her. Changed my life. Wow. All right. I'm Googling that. All right, Ben. Uh-huh. We will be in touch soon. Great to hear your voice and catch up, buddy. Have a wonderful night. Night. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Ben, for joining us. That was a treat. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, hearing from Mike Grubbs last week about the curse that uh, Ben Franklin put on Mike. We should have asked Ben about that. Um, I, think it, I think it could make a great movie. Yeah, The Curse of Classical Theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, thank you, Ben. And we'll put all the, the, look for all the links for Ben in the description. Also, I just got to keep putting this out there. Please, 
visit the Discord board. Uh, it's in the description as well. Uh, say hi to Ben, share pictures, whatever. Uh, we've had gathered quite the following on the Discord board. Um, if you haven't checked out the previous two episodes, Mike Grubbs and Monica Mooring, um, please check them out. Um, but also we have a Spotify playlist full of music from the late 90s when we were all in college together. And if you would like, it is open for edit. You can go in and put a song that you feel is missing in there. I have been loving listening to the mix, Matt. It's like five hours of music currently. Oh, wow. And it's it's giving me my life. I'm loving it. It's, it's getting me through the uh, morning shower every, every day, putting a pep in my step. I guess I should catch up. Yeah. Um, if you want to learn more about us, visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can also follow us on Facebook and TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. And uh, we're, we're grateful for everyone who's taking this ride back to college. It really is uh, quite meaningful. And I've been having a great time. I know we both have reconnecting with um, our, our friends from 20 some years ago that we have not had the opportunity to talk to. So thank you for coming on this journey with us. Uh, We will be back with another episode tomorrow. Uh, Good night, everybody. Bye!